Well, it's really good to be here this morning. I'm glad that so far we've been able to worship God together. It's been a, it's been a good service so far, and I hope as I talk to you this morning, I hope that um, you'll be able, to, be able to take something from what I'm, we're going to talk about the, this morning. As we start out this morning, I want you to think about a $100 bill, 100 bucks. Will, would you like to have $100? Bring it on. Will buys a lot of stuff. He'd like 100 bucks. Trevor, do you like 100 bucks? I think everyone in here would take 100 bucks. We could have bought a lot of things on Black Friday. See, the thing about 100 bucks is it gives me a lot of buying power. There's a lot that I could do with this $100 bill. The thing about that is, though, there's a lot of bad things, a lot of good things that I can do with it. You know, I could go out, I could buy some drugs with 100 bucks. I don't know how much that would get me, but I could buy $100 worth of drugs. I don't know where I'd go to get that. I could buy some alcohol. I could buy some pornography. There's a lot of destructive things that this $100 bill can do. On the other hand, though, I could give it to the church. And the church could do a lot of benevolent things with it, could do a lot of good with it, could donate, donate it to Nigeria or India and Belize. Could give it to someone that's homeless, someone that's cold, that doesn't have enough clothes for this cold weather that we've had. A couple years ago, I went to Haiti on a dental mission trip, and this was a picture that I took of this lady. She had to walk two miles just to get fresh water. I could donate it to, to someone like this, someone that could use that for something really good in their lives. See, the thing about this $100 bill it can be used for good or bad. And it's up to me to decide how I'm going to use that, whether I'm going to use it for something that would benefit people or things that are going to be destructive. This morning, I want to talk to you something that's similar to that, and that's the power of the tongue. And in the same way as this $100 bill, it could be used for good and it can be used for evil. And it just depends on how we're going to, how we're going to use it. I want you to think about in your life, have you ever been around someone that's just negative all the time? Someone that just constantly, all they have to do is, is talk about negative things. They don't see the good in anything. They see the, the glass is half full or half empty instead of half full. But on the other hand, think about someone who's positive, that when you walk into work and you see them, and it's always good things. It's always happy. You know, I work in the, in the dental field, and I work mainly on kids, and last week, I, I was having an okay day, and I walked in, and I, I saw this little girl that I was about to work on, and I said, how are you doing today? And she said, I've got the best life. And that just, it, it made me think, I mean, this little girl has such a good perspective on life. And, th- and those words really changed my attitude the rest of the day. And our words can do that too when we talk to people and when we interact with people. Proverbs 12, 18 says, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. And Solomon presents this dichotomy where he puts up this, your tongue can pierce like a sword or it can promote health. And it's up to us to decide how we're gonna use it and how, how if we're gonna give life or whether we're gonna give death, whether we're gonna use tender words or we're gonna destroy with our words. And I hope this morning that you'll understand um, that you'll get something out of this and you'll realize that your words have tremendous power. When someone's having a bad day, can they come and talk to you and you can turn that bad day around? 
Or maybe are you someone that's contributing to that bad day? And I hope that, that as you look at your life this morning, you'll be able to decide that and maybe make some changes if you need to. See, words have power. Four score and seven years ago, we've probably all heard that at some point. Probably had to, to memorize the Gettysburg Address. This was spoken by President Lincoln back in 1863. I had to write that one down. Um, and this was his address to try and end, slavery, end, end the Civil War and end slavery. It was only 271 words long, but it had tremendous power with that. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. JFK said that in 1961 in his inaugural address. 1963, Martin Luther King gave his I Have a Dream speech, and we've probably all heard that, and that's to end racism. And in 1969, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Neil Armstrong said that when he stepped on the moon for the first time. These words had tremendous power at their time, and they still do. We, still, we, we all know these, these phrases and these statements. I want you to think about your mouth, and, and, this, and it's not just because I'm a dentist that I want you to think about your mouth. Your mouth and your words allow you to communicate. It allows you to, to interact with people and discuss and, and have questions to ask to people. But how many words do you think that you say in one day on average? And I looked at a lot of studies and they came down to the conclusion that man and woman, regardless of, of, of gender, speak about 16,000 words per day. And, and some people may speak more than others. 16,000 words per day, and if you multiply that by 365 days, you get 5,840,000 words that you're gonna speak every year. And I wanted to try and, and find some way to illustrate how many words that is. This book is somewhere between 800 and 1,000 pages thick. And if I were to stack songbook on top of songbook on top of songbook, how many songbooks do you think that would be? 66 songbooks way up here. That's how many words that you're gonna speak every year. And I want you to think about how are those words affecting people? How are your words when you interact with people, how are they going to be seen in, in, by those other people? Are they gonna be seen as positive where you're delightful and optimistic, happy and full of joy, or negative where it's all sad and unfair and dishonest, stressed? See, you're either gonna speak life or death. And I wanna go over a couple things as you speak words that are either positive or can be seen as negative. First one of those is wise advice. We've probably all at some point been given wise advice. I know I have. There's a lot of people in this room, a lot of people sitting on my row that through my life have given me a lot of really good advice. People in this room that as I was going through, through college, gave me a lot of wise advice, and I really appreciate that. And our words can be, be able to do that. Sometimes, though, we need to be able to speak re rebuke and reproof. We need to be able to correct people. And I've been corrected before, and that's been a good thing, a positive thing in my life when done, when done right. What about encouragement? We all need encouragement at some point, whether we're taking a, a, a difficult test tomorrow whether we've been sick and in the hospital or whatever. We've all needed encouragement and hopefully we've been able to give encouragement with our, with our words at some point. 
Proverbs 15, verse four says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. See, words can break. If we're not careful, our words can break people's spirits. And I hope that we're not doing that. See, when you think about words, one set of words when said to the right person can make you have a friend for life. But on the other hand, if you use wrong words and bad words, it can make them an enemy of yours. One set of words can get you a job. Another word, set of words can get you fired. And so it's just in how we use our words. Proverbs 15, verse 23 says, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. And we've probably all been there. We've all been in a situation where we needed encouragement. And as I thought about this passage, I thought about bedside manner. That's something that, that doctors and, and dentists and nurses have all had to learn at some point in their life. Because if you don't have good bedside manner, you're not gonna be a good doctor. You're not gonna be a good nurse. If, if Carrie was to come sit in my dental chair and I walked in as I was about to do a, a procedure and I said, all right, you ready? This is really gonna hurt. What's Carrie gonna think? I'm out of here. We've probably all seen that commercial, the AT&T commercial, where she says, have you worked with Dr. Francis? Is he good? And she says, He's okay. And then Dr. Francis walks in and he says, look who, look who just got reinstated. Almost. And he asked him, are you nervous? Me too. And so that's not good encouragement. That, 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 doesn't do, that doesn't bode well for us as we're about to go in for a procedure. And it's the same thing when we're trying to encourage people, when we're trying to spread the gospel, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute, as we're trying to spread words of life, We've gotta make sure that we're choosing our words carefully and that, that we're encouraging people by our words and not causing worry. So another positive thing I can do is I can win souls with my words. I can help win souls. Proverbs, Proverbs 11, verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise. And it takes the right words at the right times to help win souls. And I, I wanna ask you, what have you done? What words have you chosen to help win souls in this life? And I'll leave it at that. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And so we need to make sure that our words, that we use grace with them, that we're not sharp, that we're not harsh, but that we're trying to communicate in a loving way with people as we try and, and win these souls. So we talked about some, some positive things. Think about some negative things. I can use my words for deceitful purposes and, and deceit meaning misleading other people, misleading others to believe something that, that's really not true. Very similar to lying or we've heard of lying with omission or lying by omission. Maybe, I mean, as a kid and my mom's in the room, so I'll keep it brief. But as, as a kid, if you say, I'm gonna go to so-and-so's house and you go to so-and-so's house, but you also go to this place and the movies and the store and Walmart, and that's lying by omission. If I only say one thing, but I'm really deceiving you by going to these other places. Proverbs 20, verse 17, bread gained by deceit is sweet to man, but afterward his mouth will be filled with gravel. So it may go well first. That bread gained initially is sweet. And I really like the illustration in the, in the 
the, the imagery used here, but afterwards his mouth is filled with gravel. And you think about someone just chewing on rocks. It's not any good. People, it may work at first. You may deceive people at first, but afterwards they're gonna find you out. Some other negative things, and I'm gonna group uh, quarreling, gossip, and talking too much all into one category. We've probably all either been a part of gossip or talking too much, or we've heard people do it at some point in our life. Proverbs 29, verse 11, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. And I think that we need to do a lot more of holding things back. We need to make sure that, that just because we have something to say doesn't mean we need to say it. It doesn't mean that we even need to be thinking that. Remember a, a couple years ago um, when we were talking about the area-wide meeting being held in, in Dallas, and I heard people griping and complaining about how expensive it was and why would they do that and why would they do this? And all it was doing was degrading from that experience of the brotherhood meeting, the area-wide meeting. And, and people that weren't even part of the church were like, what is going on? Why are, why are they so upset over that? So we need to make sure that, that we're really careful and, and we're not complaining around other people. We, we'll talk about how to change that later. Proverbs 13, verses two and three, a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. He who guards his mouth preserves his lips, or preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. And so your mouth, your, your lips, your words can either be used for something very positive or something negative, and it just depends on how we use it. And sometimes it's not just all one big bash of negativity, but over time, those nitpicks, those small pieces of negativity just creep into our lives and can, can really affect, affect us in our attitude when you add them up. Think about this church. You know, this, this church didn't plan to end like this. Rusty roof, birds on the, on the roof, white painted walls. There's a deer by the entryway down there. This church didn't, didn't plan to, to be done like that. You know, as a church starts and, and a church is first established, everybody's happy. Everybody's singing. Everybody's wanting to be in each other's homes. They're wanting to do things together. They're door knocking. They're preaching the gospel. But over time, you get a group that starts to nitpick. And I'm gonna go through a few things here. And, and I've probably been, I've probably said some of these. Well, why does he always lead that song? He only leads new songs. Well, he only leads old ones. Why do they ask him to lead prayer? I don't like his prayers. Why do they always get here so late? Why does he wanna sing that song so fast? Well, his sermons are way too long. He doesn't even use PowerPoint, it's 2019. I think there should be three songs before prayer. I don't like chapter studies. Well, they keep the air way too cold. I think they keep the air way too hot. And we've probably at some point said one of these or multiple. And the aggregation of these comments as you build them up and as people hear them over and over and over again, it starts to have effect on you. And those small pieces of negativity can lead to destruction and can lead to the destruction of that church that we saw earlier. And you might say, well, we were just talking or it really doesn't mean anything or I was just venting. But nothing good comes from ever tearing down the church. And I want you to understand that. 
the church should only be seen in a positive way. Psalms 52, verse two, the tongue devises, your tongue devises destruction like a sharp razor working deceitfully. And that, that's what happens when you use these type of statements. When you use these small pieces of negativity, your tongue can devise destruction. And, and I really like the, the way that they use the sharp razor there. And you think about a sharp razor. At some point, we've probably all used a sharp razor. Last night when I was shaving, I used a straight razor right here. And if I'm not careful, I can really cut myself really good. And it, it's gonna hurt and it's gonna bleed. And our tongue can do that in the same way. Your tongue is very deceitful if you let it be and can cause destruction of a church. I was talking to a, a friend over the weekend and his church, when he was younger, had a split. You know what it was over? Whether or not they wanted curtains over the windows in the auditorium. And over time, those negative comments can destroy a church. Eventually, it's gonna tear down the church. And we need to make sure that, that we're reviewing our speech and we have this picture in our mind every time that we talk to people and make sure that we're not leading to that. We're not causing problems in the church because we have a web of influence. Every one of us, whether you're my age or Will's age or Jody's age, whatever age you are, you've got a web of influence. You've got people that look to you at, when you speak and when you talk and those have an influence on people. I think about... Uh, how you remember things, like little small comments, you remember those later on in life, whether they're good or bad. And Gerald Bedwell, back probably 15 years ago, he, I got to church like five minutes late and he pulled me aside and he said, I wanted to use you for a song, but you weren't here this morning. I wanted you to lead a song. And that really stuck with me. And he said, you need to be at church on time. And, and he, that comment, every time I'm late to church, I think about Gerald Bedwell talking to me and it's had an effect on me in a, in a good way. But those small critiques can stick with us forever and we need to make sure that when we're critiquing people that it's for good reason. Another negative thing is we can use our words to seduce and it doesn't always have to be in a sexual way. Uh, Proverbs 6 speaks of it that way. This, this woman who entices this young man and, and leads him to destruction with her seducing words but we can also seduce in other ways. And I think about whenever I was interviewing for dental school and I went to San Antonio for an interview, I went to Houston for an interview. And when I get there, they, they kind of pour out everything on you and they, they have all the nice meals. You get a big steak meal. They take you around. They show you all the brand new equipment. And what they're trying to do is seduce you to where you want to go to their school. And for better or for worse, I chose Houston and, and so that seduction can work when you use it. We need to make sure that we're not using it in a negative way. And then lying. We've all told lies and we've all been lied to. And sometimes those lies can really affect you and can really be a negative thing on your life. Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. And so we've got this, this depiction of you're either gonna choose death or you're gonna choose life. I think about vitamins, and every day before I leave work, leave for work, Jordan's at the door with two gummy vitamins and a vitamin D3. And those are used to, to build my life up and to make me healthy. And, and we see fish oil and chondroitin and 
coenzyme Q and vitamin D3 and ketones and all these things that are supposed to build us up, and we understand that those are to promote health. And that's what our words need to be seen as, something to promote health. On the other hand, a bottle of poison. It doesn't matter what's in that jar. It may be something healthy, but you're not drinking it just because you know what a skull and crossbones mean. When that's, that poison is seen as death, and we need to make sure that our words as we're choosing them doesn't represent death or destruction. I'm show this picture, and the only reason I'm showing this picture is I want you to, you have this, this road you can go down either to the left, which represents life, or you can go to the right, and that represents death. And you look at your life, and as you interact with people at the store or at school or at work, which way are you traveling down? You can't go down the middle. You can't, can't have life and death. But which way are you going? I want you to evaluate that in your life. We're going to spend the, the rest of our study in James. If you want to grab a Bible, we'll, we'll also have those up here. James chapter 1, verse 19 says, So then, my, bre- my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And that's hard to do. That's really difficult to do because in the moment, tempers fly, you can get angry. We need to make sure that our words, like we read earlier, are seasoned with grace. And I really like James because he gives us some really practical advice, some really practical application that we can use. So he makes this statement, so then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And in chapter three, he explains how to do that. And we're going to read the first 12 verses here, and we're going to go through that and, and have some comments. James chapter 3, verse 1, My brethren, but let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall re- receive a stricter judgment. See, James wrote this understanding that a teaching position was a position of honor. It's something that, that people wanted to do. You were seen as someone who had authority. And, and James, with this, he says that you're going to receive the stricter judgment. So he says, if you're only up there for the pride, if you're only up there for the show, don't do it. And he follows that up in verse 2 with, for we all stumble in many things. Every one of us has something that, that we stumble in. You may stumble with pride. I may have a money problem. We all have different, different problems in our lives. And James is saying, we all stumble and he understands that. And he follows it up in the second part of that verse. And he says, if anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. James understood that, that we all stumble in many things, but everyone stumbles with their words. Everyone messes up with their words. And he says, if someone doesn't do that, then he's complete. He's perfect. And we know that that's not the case with anybody. See, the, the, the tongue is very difficult to control, as we've already talked about this morning. And he follows that up and explains that a little bit more in verse three. He says, but we, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. He says, the little, something about this big, a, a bridle or a bit, you put that in the horse's mouth, and we can turn the whole body. And that's... I'm not going to go any further than that with the horse illustration today. Um, have you ever ridden a horse? Think about that. And, you, and you, you think about how powerful that horse is. And you think about, at, like at the Kentucky Derby, they put these, these little horse, these little men, these little jockeys that are about four foot eight 
on this huge horse, this horse that's 18 hands tall or so, weighs 3,000 pounds. You put these, these little bitty bits in their mouths and it can turn that whole body. You can turn that whole horse just by the little bit. Verse four, look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by very small rudders wherever the pilot desires. So in the same way we put bits in horses' mouths, we put these small rudders on the back of the ships and even though there's huge winds and these seas are so great and storms get so big, we can turn that ship just because of that little rudder that's on the back of that ship. And he compares that to our tongue. Our tongue can control the whole body, even though it's so small. The harmony of the seas, this was a ship put out by Royal Caribbean. And I think in 2017, it was the biggest ship in the, in the world, biggest passenger ship in the world. It was 1,200 feet long, 215 feet wide, 227,000 tons, and about 9,000 people can live on this ship. And I've seen a picture of the, of the rudder on the ship, and it's pretty big. I mean, it's a big ship, but compared to the rest of the ship, it's small. And James says, you put a rudder on the back of that ship, even though it weighs 227,000 tons, it can control the whole thing. And that's what he compares our tongue to. That's how powerful our tongue is. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. That's verse five. See, James understood the tongue can cause bad problems. It can cause destruction. You think about a small campfire and, and how it's turned, it can turn into huge forest fires. You think about California over the last couple of years and someone flicked their cigarette and ashed their cigarette and it caused these huge forest fires, lots of destruction, millions and millions of dollars of destruction, destroyed lives. The Great Pastigo Fire of 1871 was in October 8th of 1871 and it was in Wisconsin and Upper Michigan This fire killed between 1,200 and 2,400 people. It was 2,400 square miles, about 1.5 million acres were destroyed by this fire. If you want something to compare that to, it's about four times the size of the greater Houston area. So it's really big, a lot of area that it covered. It was the worst, worst forest fire in American history and still is. And that's what James compares our tongue to. He says it can cause destruction like that a forest fire, it can do great damage if we let it. And we need to make sure that, that we're using our tongue to not cause heartache, to not cause destruction. Verse six, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The, to- the tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. James says, your tongue is set on fire by hell. James understood that the tongue was a terrible thing could be a terrible thing. It's so powerful. It's set on fire by hell. And I want you to ask yourself, can you go a day without saying something negative with your tongue, without saying something negative with your speech? It's really difficult to do because we're, we're programmed that. And, and James knew that our tongue was full of destruction. Another story, the Surrey Garden Music Hall was this um, 
this big music hall where you could have concerts and different events back in the 1800s. And a, a man named Charles Spurgeon, you've probably heard of him, he would draw these huge crowds similar to the crowds that Joel Osteen draws today. Maybe 20, 30, 40,000 people would come and hear him speak. And in, eight, in October 9th, 19th of 1856, he rented this place out to have one of his uh, assemblies there. And there were 12,000 people that were inside this building and another 10,000 people piled outside just trying to hear what this guy had to speak, what he had to say. And it got really quiet right before they were to start and someone yelled out, fire, really loud. And there was this huge stampede. Part of the, the places broke and collapsed and seven people were died and eight people were hurt really badly just because of one word. Our tongues can cause severe destruction. And it may not be something physical like that, but it could be something spiritual. And we need to make sure that we're, we're guarding our tongue. Let's keep going in verses seven and eight. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. He says, you know, you can tame lions. You can tame lions to jump through hoops. You can put elephants on balls and you can teach them to walk around on a ball, but you can't tame the tongue. No one, it's unruly evil full of deadly poison. No one can do it. No one can tame it. Romans 3, verse 13 and 14, a little bit of contact, context here. He says, everyone's messed up. The Jews aren't better than the Gentiles. Everyone has messed up in this life. And in verse 13, he goes on to say, their throat is an open tomb, talking about the Jews and Gentiles. With their tongues, they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. And the writer here understood that, that we all have that in our lives. We all have that bitterness and that cursing if we don't know how to, to control our tongue. We all do it. Keep going in, in James, verses nine and 10. With it, talking about our tongue, we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought, might, ought not to be so. He said, you're worshiping God, you're singing songs, you're praising God with that, with your lips and with your words, but on the other hand, you're cursing men who God made the creator of those people. You're cursing them, but then you're trying to worship the creator. He said, it doesn't make any sense. And you can really, when it says, my brethren, these things ought not to be so, you can really see the sadness in James' voice there and the despair that he has. I don't know what was going on whenever he wrote this, but there had to have been something really bad going on. He says, these things ought not to be so. And you can hear the pain in his voice as he writes that. Last two verses, they're 11 and 12. It says, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? That doesn't make any sense. He's, if, you, if you have salt water coming out and it mixes with fresh water, it's still salt water. And if you have fresh water coming out and salt mixes in it, it's salt water. And so he's saying it doesn't make any sense. You can't have blessing and cursing coming from the same thing. And your tongue can't be that same way either. 
Then he says, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. He says either a fig tree is gonna bear figs or it's, it's, not, it's definitely not gonna bear olives in the same way with our tongue. We can't bear two different things from the same thing, from the same tongue. So with that being said, what does that mean for us? That, that's pretty dis- discouraging, isn't it? You can't tame the tongue. James doesn't just say, well, you need to learn to talk nice. You need to make sure that you're, you're being nice to people. That's not what James says. He says our tongue is set on fire by hell. No one can control it. It's full of deadly poison. It's not controllable. He doesn't say to watch your mouth. He doesn't say the best Christians are able to control their tongue and control what they say. That's not what he says. So if we can't control it, what do we do? What's our message this morning? And I think Jesus has our answer. Matthew 5, 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. Things which come out of the mouth, they come from the heart. Guess what? Your heart is what tells this what to do. Your mind tells your tongue what to do, what it's gonna say. And if you have a negative thought or something negative in your heart, it's eventually gonna be, tra- be portrayed in the words that you use. And so Jesus says, you need to fix your heart. You can't fix your tongue. James says, there's no way to control it. You need to fix what's inside. And until you do that, you're never gonna be able to control your tongue. We've all heard this, unless you have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. And that's still a good thing to tell kids, but I think the problem with this is it still allows us to keep it in. And and Jesus says it doesn't even need to be in your heart. It doesn't even need to be something that you think. And so we need to make sure that the harsh things in life, the the slandering things that we might be thinking, that, that we put those away. And Jesus can help us do that. Luke 6, 43 through 45, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And that's our message this morning. Until you fix your heart, until you get your heart right, and until you let Jesus into your heart and into your life, your tongue's gonna do whatever it wants. It's uncontrollable. There's nothing we can do to control it. So can you control your tongue? The Bible says you can't. No way to do it, but you can control your heart. And we need to be able to start with Jesus. We need to let Jesus into our lives. We need to be a Christian. And we need to make sure that we're studying, that we're allowing Jesus to work in our lives. Proverbs 16, verses one through three, the preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. And I think this this passage right here sums up everything we've talked about this morning. Until we let God control our thoughts and control our minds and control our actions, we're not gonna be able to control our tongues. We need to make sure that the Lord is guiding our tongue. So this morning, I want you to make sure you're incorporating good thoughts, good motives, good works, and it all starts from the heart. Realize that everything that we do 
starts with the heart and then we'll proceed out of our mouth. And your lips are gonna follow, follow with that. Some of you maybe have, have said some habitually negative things and you've made it a habit of becoming a negative person. And, and you can't just control your tongue by thinking I'm not gonna say these negative things. You need to make sure that, that your, your mind and your heart and your attitude is, is right and that your heart is fixed on God and Jesus before, um, before you try and control your tongue. So this morning, we're gonna offer an invitation and I hope that, that you'll see that until you turn your life over to Jesus, until you turn your life over to God, you can't fix this tongue. It's gonna always plague you. It's always gonna be a, an evil, an unruly evil in your life. And I hope that this morning, if you haven't, that you'll make the commitment to become a child of God and that realizing that, that God and Jesus can fix your tongue, that they can help you with that in this life. Also, maybe you've, you've been someone who's habitually said these, these negative things and you want the prayers of the church. Please come and we'll help you this morning as we stand and sing.